Hello, I'm John Rossi, a touring drummer with a love of all things animal. When I'm on the road, I visit as many zoos, aquariums. Hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Hey, what's going on there? Hello? Hello? We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you Rossafari Zoo News. News you can use from the world of zoos and conservation. Every week, we bring you breaking news and analysis from around the globe, featuring the animals you love and the people who care for them. And here's your anchorman, John Rossi. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Rossafari Zoo News, your look at all the things going on in the world of zoos, aquariums, conservation, and general animal weirdness. Y'all... Do you remember how for a lot of last year, and especially at the end of last year, I talked about how my life was cuckoo banana pants and how 2023 was going to be a very different story for me. I was going to chillax, as the kids say. I mean, let's be clear. I was going to be busy as could be because, you know, I'm John Rossi and that's what I do. But um, I, I wasn't going to allow everything to hit all at once, which was the theme of 2022. My friends, I made it one month until everything hit at once. Uh, but it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about your buddy, John. I'm okay. Everything's good. Um, and actually things are going to start to calm down here again in a minute, but you know, I like to update y'all on my life every week and, and lately it's been like, do, do, do one little thing, right? Well, so <laughs> it is February and, um, I just purchased a new car. It is a Kia Nero plug-in electric hybrid vehicle, and it's really cool. And um, this is actually my first time ever buying a new car. Uh, I always, you know, have got used cars because they lose so much value when you drive them off the lot and all that jazz. But in the case of the plug-in hybrids right now, uh, they're actually going up in value and used cars are going for more than new cars and there's a long wait list for the new ones. Um, but in my case, I got lucky and one happened to get to the area at the right time. And and so, yeah, now I am cruising around uh, town running errands and, and not wasting gas. So I'm pretty excited about that situation. But actually, there's another situation uh, that I'm also excited about. Y'all, we got a bidet. It is the official Rossafari bidet, and I could not be more excited. Okay, a lot of you are laughing at me right now, and I accept that. And yes, I realize that I say that I got a bidet with more excitement than I say um, that, that I got a new car. But here's the thing, okay? And there's, there's a reason I'm telling you all this other than just because I like to update you on my life. Uh, but the thing is... You know, last year, I remember, I believe it was our good friend Katie Prop uh, at Penguins International who just kind of asked at one point on here, like, what are you doing to keep growing and to to make the environment, you know, a better place? And like, I feel pretty good about the steps that I take to do that. 
I own recyclable bags. I have reusable straws galore. I mean, we're talking when I go on gigs, I bring enough of both of those items so that everyone in my band can have them if they want and use them, right? And, um, you know, I have little reusable plastic utensils that I take on the road. Like I have a reusable water bottle with lots of cool stickers on it. Y'all, I do the thing. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I'm sure there are things I could do, but there's not really a lot right now. But, you know, um, the the uh, the plug in hybrid vehicle is a step in that direction. And I realize that I am, uh, you know, coming from a place of privilege when I say that I got one of those because that means I was able to get one of those. And a lot of people can't. And please know there's there's no judgment um, if, if you can't or if you choose not to, you know, whatever. There's there's no judgment here. But it was a step that I could take. Um, and and Zoe actually did that last year. So we're both doing that now. And I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, and actually, the bidet falls into the same category. So years ago, um, you know, one of my friends turned me on to using wipes after you, you drop a deuce. And um, it became something I, I was very fond of. And I have been dropping wipes into toilets. And they're supposedly biodegradable. And they're supposedly fine to use. But um, I've been reading more and more stuff that says that they're really not. And so um, I got this, this, it's just like a cheap little bidet attachment right now, you know, baby's first bidet. Um, and we're giving it a shot. And, and today, as I record this, was actually my first time uh, using it. And uh, it is lovely. I, I thoroughly enjoy it, um, <laughs> which is goofy, but that is going to cut down on the number of wipes that maybe aren't as biodegradable as they're supposed to be. And I just I feel like it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, look, another step that I can take to help the environment. And so I did. And I'm I'm proud of that fact. And also, it's really funny hearing me giggle as water squirts up my tushy. There's an image for y'all. Uh, but so that's not all that is new. It's not just the car and the bidet. I'm not being a dork and saying those two things are happening at the same time. School started again this week. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my class and I'm doing the thing and working on my master's. And uh, yeah, um, so far so good. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we have officially delved back in and been dropping some homework and all of that stuff. Also today, um, which I'm recording this actually late on Thursday, it's going to come out shortly after I finish recording it. We got a new foster puppy. Um, this is our first time fostering other than for when we did it for the Penn Vet Working Dog Center. Uh, and his name is Odo and he is a um, an Australian Shepherd. And he is gorgeous. He comes from a hoarding situation and he is currently terrified of life. And um, it's not the easiest thing to see, y'all. But uh, it felt really good being able to um, go there and and pick him up and um, let him know that, that he has started the path to a much happier, much better life. And uh, I just wish that he spoke English so that he could understand that um yeah so that is that is another part of our next adventure and then also uh my mother was in the hospital this week um she'll be fine and whatever probably but yeah so that was my week and suddenly it's starting to feel like 2022 up in here again y'all but uh, i'm excited about all the good things and i will share pictures of odo and um this has really gone on too long but there's a lot going on so uh yeah we'll get to it but first let me remind you that uh this is a crowdsourced news program so if you see anything 
something uh, that is Zoo News worthy, go ahead and tag me in it at Rossafari on the socials at Rossafari Pod on TikTok or email me Rossafari Pod at gmail.com. And you'll get to hear your name at the end of the episode. Make sure you're following all the things, make your supporting all the way. Bah, bah, bah. Let's just do this. All right, so we're going to start it off where you all are probably expecting, which is at the Dallas Zoo. So if you aren't up to date, uh, there have been multiple scary acts of vandalism happening at the Dallas Zoo recently. Uh, a monkey uh, exhibit was cut open, though no monkeys got out. A clouded leopard exhibit was cut open, and the clouded leopard did get out, though was safely returned to its habitat. And a friendly reminder, if you're reading things on the press, a clouded leopard is not like a true leopard, and it's a, a tiny kitty. Everything was fine, but still scary that that happened. And then a vulture died of uh, very suspicious circumstances, um, which has been heartbreaking for the zoo. And now a fourth act of vandalism happened this week when two Emperor Tamarin monkeys, Bella and Finn, were taken from their exhibit, uh, which was cut open again, and um, kidnapped. They, they were gone from the zoo. Uh, the zoo, of course, reported it to the Dallas Police Department. They've been working with them on all of this stuff. And um, the Dallas PD got a tip that the monkeys were in nearby Lancaster, which is, a, you know, part of the, the Dallas area there, right by where the zoo is. And so they went to an abandoned house where they found the two tamarins in a closet. Zoo staff came and were able to use their recall to get them safely home, and uh, they are back in their uh, in their home where they're supposed to be. Vets checked them out, and it looks like they lost a little weight. But other than that, we're we're perfectly fine. So, um, good news about the tamarins. Uh, also, good news is that the Dallas Police Department does have a suspect, at least in this part of the case, if not in the whole vandalism thing. Um, they have posted, and the Dallas Zoo has reposted pictures and are asking for help in finding the culprit. But this whole thing is just crazy and heartbreaking. I feel so bad for everyone at the zoo. The Dallas Zoo is an incredible facility. They do a lot of amazing work. There are a lot of really amazing keepers there. And um, they are up for AZA accreditation or reaccreditation um, soon here. So I, I've seen people wondering if this has anything to do with somebody trying to get them to lose that or if it's, you know, there's all kind of speculation. We're not going to delve too deeply. But um, suffice to say that I, I hope that um, the increased security measures that they've put in place and, and working with the Dallas Police Department uh, get get to the bottom of this pretty soon because this is this is scary and and until then condolences and love to to everyone at the Dallas Zoo for having to go through this crap and of course you know part of the problem with something like this is that if these efforts continue to vex the zoo, then other people who are anti-zoo may notice and may even start to do copycat-type things elsewhere, which is really scary. And uh, I can in no way say that that is what happened in the next story I'm going to tell you, but, like, it is kind of hard to miss the connection, which is that um, a zoo in uh, Broussard, Louisiana, known as Zooziana, which is a 
just wonderful name, recently had 12 squirrel monkeys stolen from their habitat in the middle of the night. The zoo was broken into and 12 squirrel monkeys were taken. And at this time, they have not been returned. While it was 12 squirrel monkeys that were actually taken, uh, there were a number of other um, primate uh, exhibits that were compromised as well. So that's not great, although all other animals are accounted for and appear to have been undisturbed. Uh, so, yeah, this is just scary to see. Um, hopefully, Zuziana gets their, their monkeys back and is able to figure out what the heck's going on there. Um, and I'm just going to hope, 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 hope that it's a coincidence that those two things happened around the same time and not that somebody else was like, oh, neat, I can go do this too. Scary thought. All right, so I would love to lighten the mood after those two stories, but uh, I actually have another one that I want to do here towards the top because it's an important one. Um, that's going to be a, a bit of a deep dive, not not a whole episode deep dive like uh, like we did last week. But um, I want to talk to you about what happened in September. Yes, September at the Wild Florida Drive Through Safari Park and Gator Park in Florida. Um, and the reason this is zoo news in February is that this news is just now coming to light, even though it happened back in September, which is really problematic. And so what happened there is that the staff had to shoot a rhino to death. This was a white rhino and, um, it's, it's name was Huckleberry and back in uh, September of 2022, the facility announced that they were going to be getting this rhino and and started making a really big deal about it. And, and then they kind of went silent. And basically, the short story is that the rhino got into its enclosure, then got out of its enclosure. And since this is a drive through safari, that means it was in the main safari area with a bunch of other animals. And it was rampaging and and angry. And so to save the life of the other animals in the area, they had to shoot it. They called it humanely euthanizing, but they shot it with big guns 15 times. That's a it's a different definition of humanely euthanizing than than I tend to uh, go for. And here's the thing, y'all. I've spent some time on this one. Um, I have seen photos of the body. Uh, I have watched the body cam footage of the cop that went the the next day and interviewed the people and and went and saw the rhino. And y'all. This whole situation is shady AF. So uh, I also um, was able to get in touch with some former keepers at this facility and talk to them. And uh, y'all, this is just a bad situation. So um, they got the rhino from an unnamed source, but they even admitted that they were a little concerned by the fact that said unnamed source would not send any pictures of the rhino until right before delivery and did not send any information about the rhino or pictures of their facility or anything like that. And uh, one of the people interviewed actually said that uh, the, the 
the person selling really like seemed to want to move this rhino. So that's not great. They actually admitted under questioning that um, while it was supposed to be a rhino that had been born in captivity, they really have no way of of knowing that and that they built the enclosure assuming that the rhino had been born in captivity, but that it acted more like a wild rhino straight out of Africa. Um I would just like to point out that this is an unaccredited zoo, which, you know, not all unaccredited zoos are bad. But I will say that um, they uh, they do not build their um, exhibits to the same standards as the AZA or ZAA would require for you to house rhinos. Uh, if they had, this would not have happened. Um, so after they had to shoot the rhino... 15 times with just a variety of rifles that they happened to have on hand and had already pulled out of locks when they first got the rhino there. Uh, They then buried it and admitted again under questioning that they buried it because they didn't want it to be seen by helicopters. They also moved it very far away from where they murdered this animal because they planned on opening that day and they had to go and like hide the blood and stuff too because there were people driving through because you got to make that almighty dollar. And the whole thing was just so gross. I, I highly recommend not watching any of this. Um, but yeah, in, in talking to previous keepers that worked there, they do no escape drills. They do not keep tranquilizers on hand. The vet that showed up for the day that the rhino was arriving apparently brought the wrong tranquilizers. They also said under oath that they couldn't tranquilize it because they were worried that it would run into a lake and drown. So I guess shooting it 15 times was a better option than that maybe happening um and also they had said they had all kinds of trucks and other like heavy machinery in the main exhibit where this rhino got to so they could have actually used that to block off the the water or whatever um but yeah um they they have also the the keepers i i I was able to connect with also said that they have shot other animals before including uh barbary sheep and one keeper said that they actually have um taken off the heads of some of the animals that they have shot in the past and then mounted them. Uh, I don't know that that's true. That is just what I was told, but it's it's pretty darn gross. And I know what you might be thinking right now. Okay, so why are the keepers there, right? Well, that's that's a good question, actually. The zoo field is hard to break into, and you have to take your first job, a lot of people feel, uh, where you can get it. And um, there's there's no doubt in my mind that the uh, the keepers at this facility love animals and try and do a good job, and a lot of them that are that way get out as soon as they can, get a, a better job or a job at a better facility. Um, but they, they repeatedly would try to change things and get overruled by management who really don't have any background in husbandry or anything like that. This is, in my opinion, a roadside zoo. And while they don't do things like cub petting and stuff, it is problematic. They have been cited for problems before. They were operating without a license uh, not terribly long ago. Um, it's it's just gross. And, and now a rhino died. And then 
it was covered up until press was able to uncover this recently. I mean, September to now. And a white rhino just disappeared. It's freaking heartbreaking, y'all. And it just... It just drives me crazy. So uh, if you're going to Florida, highly recommend avoiding Wild Florida drive through Safari Park. I will not be attending when I go down there. And um, it's just, you know, it's like I said, not all unaccredited zoos are bad zoos. But one of the reasons there are standards of accreditation is because that way you have a standardized type of exhibit and this would not have happened i'm not going into all the details on why this happened but basically the way the exhibit was built was a joke uh and that's why this happened and um that wouldn't have happened in an accredited facility and they also have trained teams to deal with tranks and that kind of stuff and and i just i just think you know we all know that there have been times at wonderful zoos where animals have to be shot and, and bad things happen. And, you know, we know, we all know this, but um, this was avoidable. This was absolutely avoidable. Having spoken to people involved and having watched the body cam footage, I am confident in saying that this was a disaster and this place is, is not okay. Yeesh. All right. After those three stories, I actually have a couple of like, you know, animals that we've had to say goodbye to and stuff, but we're going to skip those. We can we can say goodbye to them next week. And uh, let's let's have some some happy stories. So um, let's let's start off by heading to the San Diego Zoo. Actually, we're going to head to the Safari Park, but, you know, it's all the same cool place. So um, the San Diego Zoo Safari Park recently announced the birth of a Chevalsky's horse foal. Or a Chevalsklet? <laughs> anyway, um, that is wildly important because um, this is a female clone of a male Chevalsky stallion, which was created from DNA that was frozen 43 years ago by the uh, San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance's Wildlife Biodiversity Bank. This is really, really important because almost all surviving Chevalsky's horses are related to 12 uh, that were born in their natural habitats back in the day. So genetic diversity management is a real problem in this population. And don't forget, this, this is a species that was extinct in the wild uh, that, that has been brought back from extinction. Um, and it's just... It's just so exciting to get that um, genetic diversity back into the population. And uh, they have other ones that they can then clone as well. So hopefully this will uh, will really help the species continue to grow and come back from extinction even further and better than it already has. And while we stay in San Diego for a moment, but go to the zoo, uh, our good friend Adira, the red panda, who moved there from Toronto and who you learned all about on an episode two years ago on the podcast, uh, recently made some headlines because uh, she was able to climb a tree in her exhibit, which then led to a tree that was out of her exhibit, and she went for quite the climb. Uh, the zoo staff was able to see her the entire time, and they were able to recall her because yay training. But um, yeah, Adira actually got out of her exhibit for a little bit at the San Diego Zoo. She is such a naughty girl, and I love her so much for it. And also, here's some really good and really funny zoo news. Um, zoo Praha, which is the Prague Zoo, if you're saying it in, you know, English, um, 
recently announced the birth of a pangolin, the first one ever born in Europe. So this is the most trafficked species in the world, and they're really important and really cool and really wonderful, and I love them, and they're adorable, so this is really great news. However, it's also funny because... Um, when they announced it, they, they posted it in Czech and then also just did an automatic English translation. And sometimes those don't work out really well. So, um, here is the actual post, uh, as translated by some app into English. The first one in Europe. Today, before four o'clock in the morning, a female nutcracker gave birth to a short-tailed Runhautang cub. It is the first nutcracker born in Europe. It weighs 135 grams and is most like a spruce cone, which is actually fair. At the same time, however, it should be added that the following days can be critical. We will keep you updated. So um, congratulations on the birth of your pangolin or nutcracker, which would make it a panglet or nutlet. Uh, Zoo Prague or Prague Zoo. This is really exciting and funny. And finally, in Zoo News this week, a website known as bonusfinder.com is currently hosting the Superb Owl Awards 2023. Um, now, this is a tribute to the fact that Superb Owl is a common typo for Super Bowl uh, on uh, many search sites. And uh, so they had an entire competition going uh, with many owls from uh, different facilities around uh, the USA. And um, the opportunity to win $5,000 to support funding and the running of the zoo or sanctuary that the owl calls home. And it is currently down to Clint Screechwood at the Zoo and Forest Park in Massachusetts and Sanford at the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey in Florida. So you can go to bonusfinder.com or search Superb Owl 2023 if you'd like to go vote. I will say that if you're going to go the search route, uh, do it in quotation marks because if you just do Superb Owl, it will just pull up a bunch of football stuff. So now you know. Stereotypical animal podcast theme song. Okay, this first story is really freaking cool. So, one of the problems with turtles being so heavily involved in the illegal uh, pet trade right now is that you can't really release turtles because they have this weird homing sense thing where they will try to go home, even if they are very, very, very far from home. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but there are a couple of threats uh, to turtles out there that are trying to travel long distances, including roads, cars, humans, predators, all the things. So basically, you know, what has been happening is if you are able to confiscate, say, a bunch of eastern box turtles uh, from the illegal pet trade, they're, they're still going to end up either in captivity or, you know, un even euthanized sometimes, unless there is a very specific, you know, local poaching situation, those turtles just can't be returned to the wild. 
Until now. Recently, more than 100 eastern box turtles were confiscated by federal authorities at Los Angeles International Airport uh, on their way to China for the pet trade, uh, and instead they were taken to the Turtle Conservancy. Now, the Turtle Conservancy has a facility in uh, New Jersey where the nonprofit's co-founder, Maurice Rodriguez, keeps several North American turtle species and does DNA testing to find out where they came from. The uh, the testing took and they were able to start to figure out where these turtles were snatched from with like pinpoint precision. And because of that, the Turtle Conservancy has started to get uh, permission to repatriate these turtles back into the wild, back where they are from. They're going to be returned home. And now that we have the ability to do this with DNA, I mean, this is a game changer for, for turtles that are confiscated from the pet trade. This is really, really exciting news for turtles. I debated whether to put this in uh, other news or conservation news, but um, I'm throwing it in here and here is why. A domestic pigeon was recently rescued from a park in Manhattan after being dyed pink. It is understood that this bird was a domestic bird that was dyed for a gender reveal, and then once the use was done, was just thrown out into the wild. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm putting this in conservation news because I think this matters. While we all know that pigeons aren't exactly endangered, right? Um, there is, to my mind, the the just the notion that, you know, people out there still see animals as just props and things to be discarded sometimes. And it's gross. And I hate it. Um, but it does, it, it, it impacts conservation. So, uh, yeah, I thought I would drop it in here and, uh, just remind y'all that humans suck. Earlier this week, the Pennsylvania Game Commission released the findings of a study looking into the reintroduction of the American Martin into the wild in Pennsylvania. It has not lived naturally, uh, in Pennsylvania for about a hundred years, although it did used to. I personally love this idea. So if you don't know what Martins are, they're, they're really, really cute. They have red fur, they have bushy tails, they have really cute eyes, and uh, they're, they're a member of the, the weasel family. Uh, they're, they're omnivores who eat a lot of mice and insects and plants, and they do not pose a threat to things like wild turkeys and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's a really good idea to reintroduce the species into Pennsylvania for a lot of reasons, including the fact that, you know, they did used to serve an ecological niche there, and they could again. So I, I am all for this, and I hope I see little Martins running around when I am in Pennsylvania because they are adorable. And, and like, also, you know, good conservation-y reasons. A palace's cat has been discovered on Mount Everest for the first time. Although palace's cats aren't super in, you know, in trouble or anything, it's nice to see that uh, there's a population of them that we did not know about that is out there. Because one thing that is facing uh, palace's cats right now is that their populations are wildly fragmented. And so it's actually a bunch of like small populations. So every time we find a new small population of them is a really good thing. So yay, palace's cats. 
And then last but not least in conservation news this week, um, there's a meme going around that I wanted to uh, break down with y'all quickly. It is a post that you'll see a lot on Facebook in particular, and it says, FYI, the next four to six weeks is mating season for coyotes. Please do not let your dogs out alone. The coyote gets your dog to chase him, and then somewhere in the distance, the pack waits for your dog. Then the outcome is tragic, as they can and will attack and kill your pets. Just be aware it can happen to your beloved pet. And then it goes into some other stuff. Um, and the, the truth is, this is a fabrication. It is true that, um, you know, dogs and, and cats can run into coyotes and coyotes will often run away from especially dogs, but they, they can, they can kill them. They are predators. That's, that's how the world works. Um, and it is technically coyote mating season right now. Um, but coyotes are monogamous and um, it's usually only young coyotes that are looking for uh, new mates. So there's not a whole lot of increased aggression as the post suggests. Uh, I didn't read the whole second part of it, but that part's just not true. But also what is not true is the fact that a coyote will not lure a animal into a trap. Um, I think the author was confusing coyotes with velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Hey, it happens. We all think about Jurassic Park way too much, right? No, just me. Anyway, um, but, you know, the reason this is a conservation story is because spreading little falsehoods like this, and by the way, most people that post this, maybe you posted it, are doing it to be helpful. There's no malice. There's no malicious intent. There's no, you know, you're doing a nice thing. You saw a thing, you post it, and you think, hey, maybe I just saved somebody's best friend. Yay! And that's it's all sweet on the surface, right? But it gives the impression that coyotes are these sick, twisted, violent hunters that lure poor sweet little puppies into a trap and that's just not the case and when it comes time to protect coyotes and to pass laws about them people will have seen these memes and will now have worse thoughts about coyotes in their heads and thus will be more uh likely to vote against any of that kind of legislation and these these things bother me so much because it's just a weird kind of groupthink and and you know the people sharing it aren't really doing anything quote wrong i mean i think you should never share anything unless you research it but i'm also sure i'm guilty of doing that sometimes myself you know it happens um but yeah, so I just think that it's really worth mentioning that stuff like this can have a negative effect. I mean, heck, let's extrapolate further. A lot of people think that coyotes and wolves are the same thing and confuse um, the two species already. And we all know that the red wolf, which looks a lot like a coyote, I guess, to some people, uh, is struggling with um, all kinds of problems with reintroduction in North Carolina because people are deathly afraid of wolves. So, like, does this play into that? Does this cause a problem? Maybe you can see where I'm going with this. It's it's just not good. So let's just, uh, you know, make sure we're paying attention to our memes and, and not falling for groupthink and um, realizing that even things that seem inconsequential can truly have consequences down the road for these animals.
in other news. A uh, great white shark decapitated a, a diver early this year. It's the the first death of that kind in in 2023, and um, everybody who ever saw Jaws and was afraid is like, "Ha ha! See, this is totally a thing." Although, in the shark's defense, um, it, it it's rarely a thing. And experts believe that it had something to do with the particular diving suit that the man was wearing and that the great white actually was confused and did not realize that it was a human. It was attacking. And a recent study came out that shows that echidnas, which are already one of the weirdest animals out there, has another strange thing about them. They blow snot bubbles over their nose to keep cool. So now you know that fact. You're welcome. Animal, animal, animal holidays. Animal, animal, animal holidays. All right, y'all. It is February, which means it's Adopt a Rescue Rabbit Month, International Hoof Care Month, Fishing Cat February, and National Bird Feeding Month. Uh, and then once we get into our days of the week, oh, we actually only have one this week. On the 7th, it is Reverse the Red Day. Now, if you're like me and wondering what the heck Reverse the Red Day is, well, it is February 7th, and it is a day where institutions and organizations around the world are putting together social media, communications, and in-person events to celebrate conservation success stories. So, yeah, that's what that is. Like, red list species? Ha-ha! It all makes sense now. And that is your animal holiday for the week. All right, so there you have it, a mini deep dive and a normal episode of Raw Safari Zoo News all at once. Yay! I'd like to say yay as well to my Red Panda-level patrons, Laura Shank and Kristen Dickey, and remind y'all that you can support the pod for as little as $3 a month by going to patreon.com slash raw safari. And uh, part of what you'll get if you do that is bonus audio from many of the interview episodes. Uh, we had a really good bit with uh, Natalie Berry last week and um, some other really cool ones coming up. I've been getting a lot of takers on, on doing this bonus bit lately, and I'm really excited to share those with my patrons, which could be you if you become one of those. I'd also like to say thank you to everybody who contributed a story this week, whether I got to it or not. And don't worry, many are still in the hopper for next week if I didn't get to him. Uh, but those people are Anya Keen, Colleen Lenahan, Kim Cooley, Carrie Kirkpatrick, Kevin Williams, Carolyn Zelina, Liz Dunlevy, Tiana Chin, and Ali Malensky. Thank you all so much for contributing to this episode. And last but not least, remember, friends, the words Newsy Credits Backwards are Steiderk Yeswen. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. 
Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.